0: my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman, and we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready, and they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening!
1: Welcome everyone to the Digital Nomad Experts Podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. We got Jeff and Marissa today. Today we're gonna to be talking about visas. And we actually came up with this topic kind of on accident. It was just doing some keyword research to figure out the questions. It was a podcast a couple back, figure out the questions people were actually asking. And it turns out there are thousands, like hundreds of thousands of searches per month of people asking about how to get Individual visas for specific countries. So we figured we would put together a podcast for you. We're not going to talk about every country. There's no way because it's a moving target
0: either. All the
1: you're going to be bored to death. You're going to be it's going to be alphabetical. You're going to be waiting for letter Z Z Zimbabwe. Yes. You're going to be waiting for letter Z for 56 minutes and you're going to be we're not going to do that. That might be too quick. Yeah, you're right. We're not going to do that. What we're going to do is we're going to give you like a general list of tips just the things that you need to look out for in order to be ready for getting at the airport and them not turning you down you just don't want to get turned down at the airport it has so we're gonna give you (laughs) it has not happened to me it
0: happened to diego bookmark not me, actually. Okay, 30 Miracle. seconds. I want
1: to hear that. <laughs>
0: Diego's was actually because he ran out of passport pages. It actually wasn't specifically. He couldn't get the visa because of passport pages anyway. Well, well I think he told that story on one of our <laughs> episodes about our, like, it was our end of the year episode in 2021 of all of, basically all of our travel fuck-ups and all, all the things we did wrong and somewhat right. But I'm I'm miraculously yet to be turned away. And I do very little research far in advance, as you know. so. It's, it's really a miracle at this point. So we'll share our wisdom it really is. Of, of what <laughs> to do. And specifically, this is for people who are wanting to spend extended time in each country, right? So most people are pretty comfortable like, okay, I can go on vacation to this country for a week or two or here or that. But this is if you want to stay a month, two months, three months, up to a year or longer, mm-hmm. kind of the process that we go through to know how do we get permission to stay in those countries, to work remotely in those countries and live the digital nomad life.
1: Yep. You do not want to be the man or woman in the terminal with no country. (laughs) Do not be like Diego. We'll go through some of these tips. As a bonus, we're going to go through some of the more more common countries that digital nomads go to, and we're going to give you the most up-to-date information that we have about entering those countries and what you need to look out for based on personal experience, where we have it. So to start... Marissa, what is your top tip that you would give for looking into visas?
0: Putting me on the spot here. I thought we were going to talk about all your tips first. But okay, the number one tip (laughs) that I would give. (laughs) This is good. We like to move on the fly here, as you guys know. Okay, so the number one tip I would give is starting is when you know you want to go to a country, do a quick Google search that says visa requirements for fill-in-the-blank country. Mexico, Costa Rica, Nigeria, that was the hardest one I've done. Wherever you want to go, we'll talk about some examples. But basically what you want to do is go to that actual government website. It should have a .gov or .whatever. It's like that country's official government website. And it will tell you. And again, we can't just tell you the requirements because it will depend what country you are from. So Jeff and I are both from the U.S. We'll talk about some things of that. But basically, you want to say, I am from this country. I am trying to go to this country. What are the requirements to do so? And you just want to do a quick scan because some countries have what's called a visa on arrival. And it will tell you, you know, just show up at the airport, get a stamp. You can stay for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 180 days, whatever that might be for your country. And other ones might say you need to submit an application, send in your passport. It's going to take three weeks if you're lucky, and you really have to plan for for things like that. So just to you know have a general idea in advance, so you're not like booking a flight next week and then realize you actually can't go because you don't have the visa. That's my number one tip to start. What is what is yours, Jeff?
1: And it's also it's a, almost a little bit of a, a misnomer where people think that they need. A visa, yes, right. We just use this word, this blanket term, visa, and everyone just understands, like, yeah. oh, this means I can go into the country. But for the most part, e- especially as a new digital nomad, what you're looking for is just a tourist stamp. Yeah. Basically, you're just looking That's for th- a tourist. It's it's not really a visa. They call it different things depending on which country you go to. Yeah. I think it's like a tourist card in yeah. Mexico which is good for 180 days. And a lot of the times you're going to find, depending on where you go, it's gonna be that stamp on arrival and you actually don't need to fill out anything. (laughs) Yeah, And you'll be able to stay there for X number of days. Yeah, that's a
0: a really good point. I would say the best case scenario, that as jeff is saying you actually mostly as a nomad if you're traveling the way that jeff and i do of kind of like one to three months in countries often you don't need any visa and that's ideal that's what we want that's where a lot of the popular digital nomad spots are because it's easy to go people are, are doing that for a reason so yeah you're really almost traveling as if you're just a tourist like you're not saying i'm here to work you're not it's just like hey i'm here to travel i'm here to explore your country get a stamp the same way you would go on vacation for a week and keep it moving. So that's the most ideal situation. And, and thank you for clarifying that. This is why you need two of us, because we forget that it's like sometimes way simpler than it needs to be.
1: Well, I think it's a very important distinction because the visa is is different. We went and we, Marissa was talking about not preparing for her trips. We went to where did we go Paraguay Paragly. and we had to and we found out sure enough you need a visa. <laughs> and fortunately we were able to get a visa in the airport. It could have been very we didn't do any research did, so it's very even possible. That we, we didn't know may ahead not of time. Have been <laughs> no, of course we didn't know ahead of time.
0: Oh man! Do you think
1: either one of us plans is a I miracle that we're we might have googled?
0: Because I feel like we decided maybe five or six days before we went there, and we went on and we didn't Google. We didn't googled Google nothing. anything, man. We're no, useless. we Google nothing. So we were brain so, dead so, at that point. We'd been through a lot of ayahuasca. Uh,
1: <laughs> that's oh, put that on the list. Okay, so <laughs> ayahuasca on another list. I also want to talk about the Nigeria visa oh, at the man, end of this yes, show. Yes, I made a for bookmark for that. Okay. But bringing it back around, th- in this instance, this place, Paraguay and Bolivia, where we were coming from, you actually needed a visa. But fortunately, we were able to get a visa in the airport. And it wasn't one of those situations like if you're going to Russia, you need to fill out an application yes. process Russia before you arrive hard. at the airport or you're going to be living in there airport mcdonald's for the next six months or you're going home for whatever it costs to go yeah yeah yeah. or you're going to a gulag right (laughs) just kidding (laughs) sorry for the russian fan anyways yeah that was a situation where we actually had to get a visa on arrival it was 160 us dollars and it's like a full page in your passport book and it almost looks like its very own passport you remember it's like a sticker that actually you shove in there and it's actually good for I think in Paraguay, it was good for 10 years. So basically- That was
0: Bolivia's, or maybe they were the same. So Bolivia, we also had to pay a hundred and something dollars as Americans. It was cheaper for other countries to come. I feel like it was like a third of the price, but ours, Mm -hmm. once you pay for it, we could get it. So it's up for 10 years. So once we have that visa, it is in our passport and we can keep going back without having to do that same- situation again but also Mm -hmm. it's important to keep your even if you have to get a new passport like i probably i think my passport expires before 10 years so you have to keep your old passport to have some of those old Mm -hmm. visas so it gets it gets complicated but let's get in jeff will you explain just some of your overall
1: one last thing on getting an actual visa if you are traveling south america and you run into some of these countries when you get that visa you cannot pay in card i don't know if you remember you actually have to apply for it You have to write in a form, and you actually have to hand them the form, and we had to hand them pristine, absolute pristine U.S. dollars, one hundred and sixty dollars.
0: Yeah, that was for Bolivia, correct?
1: That was also for Paraguay. Yeah,
0: I don't remember that. I (laughs) think you have a good memory. I tend (laughs) to like once I ayahuasca brain, and once I travel somewhere, I'm like, all right, let's forget like that was a lot of work. Let's forget that and just and just live. But yeah, I think to start like just to start off this conversation what I want you to take away if you're listening is there are two types of things you may need, or there's a third, we'll get into the end. But one is just simply a a travel stamp as a tourist with no visa. That's ideal. The second one is to get a visa, which you might have to do in advance or maybe you can get what it's called on demand, which is just at the airport when you arrive. And number three, which we'll talk about at the end is a digital nomad visa, which people, I think a lot of the questions people have because that, phrase gets thrown around, you assume that every country you go to, you need a digital nomad visa. And that's very, I've never had one. And I've been living as a digital nomad for over six years, like really traveling almost full time and, and longer otherwise. So I've never had to have that. That's really if you want to live somewhere like a six months to a year or longer, and we'll get into the end. So keep in mind those three sort of classifications as we talk and really assume you almost never need A visa. That's not true. Sometimes you need a visa on arrival, but it's very rare to really need a visa. Some countries you do. But let's get in, Jeff. If you could, so we'll get into all what those all mean, but just some overall tips. Like as someone is starting the process, what are some of just the kind of bullet items that people should be aware of as they're thinking about do I need a visa? What would that involve?
1: Yeah, that's good. And a lot of people just have it in their mind where, I'm going somewhere, I just need to get a visa. How do I go about getting the visa? And a lot of times I've been surprised by random shit that they ask me when I get to the airport (laughs) that will prevent me from from getting that stamp. And one of the main things that I always forget is probably half of the countries that I go to look for a return flight. They will not give me that stamp unless you have proof of ongoing travel. So what I have to do, and I have to have prepared sometimes again this is why you have to look up every single individual situation yeah sometimes i have to print up the actual receipt of where i'm staying so they want to see the address of where i'm staying and then they want to see proof that i've got ongoing travel so what i'll do a lot of times in those instances if i don't have ongoing travel because like I said, I've recommended many, many times just get a never one-way ticket it. because you're yeah. never going you're never going to take that return flight. Can I flight? explain
0: just what what ongoing yes. travel means? Then I want you to explain Thank what you're you. doing. But ongoing travel basically when you arrive to a country, so mostly if you've just been traveling the way most people do in your life is you book a, a round trip ticket. You fly somewhere and you fly home. As a nomad, if you've heard our podcast, we always almost almost 100% of the time recommend Booking a one-way ticket because you never know how long you're going to want to stay somewhere, really where you're going to go next or who you're going to meet. But countries require, if they see you just with a one-way ticket to their country, they assume you're doing something really sketchy that you're trying to stay there forever and ever illegally And so, almost every country when you check into, like when you go to check in for your flight, this is really less about visas, but checking in at the airport, they'll say, you know, if they see you have a a one way ticket, they'll say, do you have a proof of exit, is kind of what I like to call it as well. So, it could be a bus ticket out of there, a train ticket, or a flight. Prove that, you know, it doesn't really prove much. If you have a ticket, you don't have to get on it, but showing that you are leaving that country. So, I just wanted yeah. to explain what you meant there. And Thanks for
1: unpacking that. And, and it is important because they will, ne- they will not They will you that deny stamp. your... Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You will not get into the country. doesn't matter what your visa application process They usually won't let you look on like.
0: the flight to begin with.
1: Oh, okay. I haven't it's seen like that situation. Yeah.
0: You've yeah. never done that? Oh my gosh. I've done this so many times. I, I've had to like hustle to book a flight. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. But maybe... Well, I've
1: done it waiting time. for my stamp because yeah. somebody will text me ahead in line saying, hey, they're looking for proof of residency and they're looking for ongoing travel so I immediately book a flight out like a one way flight out to the cheapest location possible that I can (laughs) it makes no sense it'll be like like 49 days out of my 50 days of it yeah. away and it'll be like a thirty thirty 33 dollar flight and then i'll just immediately cancel it afterwards
0: so yeah so you want to do those 24 hour cancellation policy yeah. they're also not that we necessarily recommend these things but there are websites right. that make fake tickets i'm i'm just saying that they exist. excuse me is this actually new news to you <laughs>
1: This is news to me. Let's, okay, okay let's, we're gonna talk offline because off, I, I
0: can't quite recommend this in public. But... Don't
1: we've got you know, we got a respectable <laughs> I, audience like... here. Let's keep it on the up and up. If you would, yes, let's, I'm just let's, let's just if tuck, you tuck that right to under
0: Google. If you just were happy to Google fake return flight tickets, things might pop up. Is all I'm saying.
1: Just Google everything. All right, that's the tip here. Google let's, everything. Let's tuck but... that right underneath the <laughs> Nigeria conversation. I'm gonna book yes, that yes. as well. and we'll, right. we'll get to that. Fake but these tickets. are
0: really less to me. These are just. Kind of this has less to do with the visa, but just kind of like you need this to travel to countries yeah. as a nomad, but go on.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like you said, this isn't all about visa, but again, these are things that you will not get your stamp unless you're unless you're looking for. And I've run into these situations too. Next one on the list that I've run into is our constantly moving target of COVID and <laughs> where you're coming from and what vaccina- vaccination status you need to have, what proof you need to have, what tests you need to have. And the answer to this is I have no idea. (laughs) Really? And (laughs) and it changes. I remember when we were in Romania last year. Yeah. We were in a they've got different code color code systems for where you're coming from. Oh yeah. If you're in a red or black zone, it means you're in a very high-risk COVID zone. Therefore, you need to now get a test, a PCR test to get into XYZ country. And it depends on where you're coming from and where you're going to at that given time. And this would change weekly. Yeah, so that I remember was really hard
0: and confusing. And you guys flew so in, so it was confusing. harder. We crossed a land border, which was somehow <laughs> different, and then they never even checked anything. So you just never know what you'll get.
1: <laughs> exactly. Same thing. You will you will not get in. You will not get your stamp unless you make sure that you check where you're coming from and where you're going to and what their requirements are. Cause sometimes they're going to require a vaccination. Sometimes they're going to require a proof of a negative COVID test within 24 or 48 or 72 hours. Again, we cannot give you an entire show on this information because you will be bored to tears and it's going to change in 18 minutes anyways. So wherever you're going, just, just Google it real quick. Or Marissa has a great recommendation. Just ask anybody that's been there recently. You can even send us a note. We'll probably, if it's a main if it's a main hub we probably know somebody that's been there or we've been there recently and we can probably help get you some information
0: yeah it honestly is i know it seems silly but again the first place i would check is those government websites but the second place again whether it's COVID or visas is i really try to find someone who's been there like who is there right now or who's there very recently And if you don't, I know if you're listening, maybe you're newer to travel, so you don't have the same network of people like I could probably find someone who's been to any country in the world in the last like three months of our personal friends. But I would go to Facebook groups for those countries like digital nomad in Romania, digital nomad in Mexico, whatever it is, and ask, just post it you're going to get 25 responses. That's like, this is what you need to do. Here's the person to talk to. Here's the rules. Like it's, it's really your best bet because it changes so often. I find even, even like government websites are like, they're Mm -hmm. conflicting. It's, it's very confusing. So if you're listening to this, I guess the the takeaway is like, we're going to give you the best tips we can, but know that it's going to feel confusing and you're going to want to pull your hair out every time you're like, what, like, what are the rules? And it's like, you're going to figure it out it's going to be okay but it is confusing is what i'll say it can be
1: it, it can be pretty scary and stressful i remember i was flying to Colombia back in february of this year and i checked on every government website checked on the Colombian government website it says no test required to come into columbia this was an yeah. update as of november and i get to the ticket counter at <laughs> sfo and they say, you need a negative test. I said, no, I don't. She's all, I'm pretty sure you do. I said, I'm pretty sure your job is to know. <laughs> and I pulled up the website and I showed her. And she said, oh, this was this was updated back in November. I'm like, yeah, it hasn't been updated since. These are the rules. And she looked us up and... She turned away, walked away, and just grabbed it and, and just accepted my ticket. I'm like, she didn't <laughs> yeah. even know the rules. I I've had so, to
0: tell, like, checking yeah. into my flight, I think it was to Mauritius. They're like, do you have this? I was like, I don't think I need that. I think it was actually a visa, something or other. And I, and I showed him the rules. He was like, oh, you're right, you're right. I was like, oh, my gosh. So... It it really is the Wild West out there, but let's kind of jump in. Is there there any other quick tips of things you kind of need to look at before we jump into just a couple of examples?
1: No, not really related to visas. I'm just saying if you are going to a new place that you haven't been to before, when you're packing your bags, just look up the local import-export laws. We've seen everything that's happened in Russia. Don't bring things into a country where they don't want those things. Look up your local drug laws. A lot of people travel with vaporizers. Probably don't. I would think about not doing that. Maybe leave those things at home because you might run into trouble. Again, that's just an aside. I'm not going to dive into it. I think we could probably, we got another segment here. We're going to go through some of the main countries that you're going to encounter and some of our experiences and some of the information that we have about getting into them. So let's lead that off. And when we're done with that, we'll just jump into, (laughs) we're going to jump into what you know about digital nomad visas. I yeah. want 30 seconds on Nigeria, and then we might scrap <laughs> fake tickets.
0: Right? <laughs> so. Sounds good. All right, so this, we're going to give you just a couple examples of some of the most popular places you might go. And unfortunately, Jeff and I have sort of a U.S.-centric view from our own experience, but I will try to, like, flower in some other just stories we have of friends that we've been traveling with from other countries who try to come to these countries as, as well. So, Jeff, give us, yeah, first one or two examples of, like, Somewhere someone might want to go, and what that looks like to prepare and get a quote visa or a travel stamp. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So, the first easy one likely going to go to Mexico. And you don't, again, it's not called a visa. You get a tourist card. And that one's pretty easy 180 days. If you overstay, again, probably something you should look into when you're looking into all of these things. What happens if you accidentally overstay? We did it yeah. in Bolivia and it was four bucks a day. We didn't even know it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> if
0: nothing you, happens. We didn't go to jail. <laughs>
1: nothing happened. Mexico is one of those places. I, our friend Kevin stayed, I think, accidentally for about a year, year and a half. And I think they charged him like $37 and said, please don't do that again. And then he went okay, right back. I'd actually <laughs>
0: like to add some new stories to Mexico because Great. they are cracking down, actually. So I was there in uh-huh. January in Playa del Carmen and... When you go to get, again, this is like the ins and outs. You're not going to read on the blog, guys. So when we go to Mexico, you basically check, you know, you go to the customs thing and they'll ask you how long you're staying. So technically, as an American and many countries, you get 180 days up to 180 days. But you have to, as Jeff talked about, that return flight or proof of exit, if it's showing your, your you know, if you bought a return flight or an exit, proof of exit for, 27 days from then they're only going to give you 27 days so make sure that you book that proof of exit that's as, how they're doing
1: it yeah as far but <laughs> oh, also
0: there's some shady stuff going on and sorry Mexico to say because it's actually one of my very favorite like, top two countries in the world to, to nomad life and like live in so I love you Mexico but they're doing some weird stuff where they'll write in so you assume you get 180 days but they've been writing in like random number of days and it's just in someone's handwriting and you can't always tell you're like, is this an eight? Is this a zero? Like, I think this is 180, but maybe it's 18. Maybe it's like uh-huh. 100, maybe it's 80. Like things are looking weird. And they actually started. There was a girl I was with at a conference that I was at in January and she overstayed it. I think it was actually written in a way she thought she had longer than she did, but just didn't look at what they actually wrote. And when she got on a bus, it's called the ADO bus there to kind of go to the airport or, you know, it goes to different tourist place. She got on the bus and there's there's customs agents there checking people's passports for those numbers and those dates. And she actually got, I say to jail, but it's kind of like the, the like deportation sort of like tank, I guess you'd call it. But for like six days, she had to stay there. So anyway, it's be mindful. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard about some of these stories. I didn't know that's how it was happening, though. I didn't know it was that that prevalent. Uh, yeah. So in in theory, according to the Mexican government website, you're supposed to get 180 days. But I guess the the theme here is just just be aware. You, yeah. it's, it's not on the up and up at the moment. Yeah. Cool. So Mexico. Good. Also in Mexico. A lot of people like to move to Mexico and you can actually become a temporary citizen for three years and add one year onto it, plus application. So kind of an easy place to get in. Next one I've got on the list and then I'll let you take a couple, Colombia. Colombia, you get 90 days and you can extend it to 180 days in a one year period. So you stay for three months and then you submit a request for an extra 90 days and you'll get 180, but you can only get that for the full year and then you have to leave. Although I did learn from our past podcast with Rob that if you, if you're quote unquote a student, which means you sign up for a college and don't go to any classes, technically you could be a citizen throughout the entire year. If you pay, I think around a thousand bucks a year for college classes that you never attend. So not not recommended again, not saying you should, but just file that under the fake tickets section of this podcast. (laughs) All right. And yeah, we're just, we're just going to leave it at that. Also, uh, you, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to
0: say, can you quickly explain what it, when you say you can extend a visa, again, that that's something we know, but what does that look like in Colombia? Like you're there, what happens if you want to extend that visa?
1: Yeah, so technically your visa will expire after 90 days and you have to leave. But if you go back into, go back to the embassy, go back to the airport and request to extend the visa, they will... Usually, just sign it off, you pay a very small fee, and they'll sign yeah. it off for another ninety days, and you're good. Yeah.
0: To go. So I like to think of these; they're kind of a pain sometimes. I'll explain to in Asia real quick, but yeah. it's possible. It's nice and it's wonderful that you get to stay, but sometimes like you really have to almost block off a day, like a work day, or at least half a day, because it takes time. You have to get to the whether it's the airport or an embassy or someplace where you do a visa and like bring all these documents, and it just it just takes a little bit of time. So it's one of those things about nomad life that. Um, you know, it, it's that's why some people are just like, oh, it's just easier to be at home. You know, I don't have to do all this stuff like <laughs> it is worth it to live your life and live in these countries 100%. But these are some of the the headaches of, of nomad life that really sure. do kind of dig into that time. So, yeah, that would ahead.
1: be a good segue into Bali then.
0: Yeah, I was going to explain Bali and Thailand because I was just in both of those places. So Bali, you can, again, I can't speak for every single country. Some countries can't go. I was with like, if you live, if you're from Israel, like you are not allowed to go to Indonesia. There's rules unless there's like some weird business. You could get a business visa as a workaround. Yeah, Israel and Indonesia don't have great relations. So yeah, again, be mindful, whatever country. And you're like, can you even go to this country? How do you, do you have to get really special permissions? But for the US and many countries for Indonesia, you know, Bali is one of the nomad hot spot so you can get a 30-day just kind of travel visa and then while you're there you can extend it for another 30 days pretty easily and there's tons of agencies there you basically just pay them a minimal fee they take care of it all for you it might cost like $50 or something so you can stay pretty much easily for $60 sorry for 60 days Hmm. you can also do what's called visa runs in a lot of countries so a really common one for people who just want to stay in Bali a long time as long as you leave the country and come back your visa starts over. So let's say you've stayed those 60 days. So when I was there, I flew to Singapore. I stayed stayed a night because I hadn't been and just checked some things out. And I flew back to Bali the next day. So people from Bali will usually fly to Singapore or to Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia because it's the cheapest, closest flights. And then you can literally come back the same day and it starts over. So that's kind of what it looks like to renew it there. Is that and indefinitely?
1: Then, or do they count on a calendar year how many days you Eventually.
0: Like, if you do that for a year or two, like, they're going to start to say something. But mm-hmm. other than that, they, they're they pretty Cool with it. Mm. And because they like, it seems like they like the tourist money. You also can, I knew I wanted to stay actually ended up leaving, but I was planning to stay in Bali for three months when I went there last time. So I actually did a visa ahead of time where I, I paid someone like through WhatsApp. I did this little agency, got a recommendation They did everything ahead of time. I paid, I think it was like $150 or $200 to get a visa just for three months. So I didn't have to waste, I say waste my time to buy a ticket and do a visa visa run to a different country and back. Hmm. And then I ended up leaving after three weeks anyway, but you know, (laughs) there's options. And then in Thailand, it's also that same sort of like 30, 60 day and you can just kind of go to a little local place and go renew your visa. It takes a couple hours. So anyway, Hmm. that's just some food for thought there
1: same kind of thing between Costa Rica and Panama a lot of people do that visa run. Costa yeah. Rica you go down to Puerto Viejo which is actually right pretty close to Bocas del Toro. I think it's maybe like a it's like a boat ride and maybe a two-hour drive <laughs> something like that. but Costa yeah. Rica you'll get your 90 days they want to see the return ticket but you can still do that same thing you can pop down to Panama and Panama, Depending on what you read in it online, could be either ninety days or one hundred and eighty days. I'm actually not sure. Do you know?
0: <laughs> I I've been to Panama. I was only there for three weeks though, so uh-huh. I guess I didn't look into to longer. I don't remember, and that was a few years ago.
1: Okay, I don't know anybody that stayed in Panama longer than three months. Anyway, so just I
0: don't, yeah, <laughs> just
1: assume ninety. But you can you, same thing. You can pop. You can pop back and forth between the two.
0: Yeah. And I want to talk about Vietnam because that's on our mm-hmm. list here. So it's a 30-day one. But that was actually one where I had to apply for a visa. I think you can get a visa on arrival, but we were recommended to do it ahead of time. And uh-huh. some of them, when you when you get a visa, it's easy just to do online. You like go to a little website, you submit it, and when you get there, they just print something out and give it to you or you have a printout and that's really all you need. They'll give you a special stamp, but do be aware that's one of those like visa on arrivals that we had to do that was a little bit more Mm -hmm. complicated. Like you had to have a photo, passport photo of yourself printed. Like there's some weird rules. And then for example, I went to Myanmar from Thailand when I was there. And we also had to apply to get a visa but it took it was like you know you'll hear back within five business days when you apply online i think we heard back 24 hours later but again if you're doing some quick travel or you know you decide last minute make sure you look at those rules to see like how how long is this going to take me to get because again sometimes you do as for panama as an example i was traveling with a friend actually murray he was on our i think it was like episode seven or something like that but he's from south africa And I actually, the reason I went to Panama, I met him there because he was trying to get a visa for somewhere in Central America. And the only place he could go was there was like a South African embassy in Panama. And he had to leave his passport with that embassy for three weeks for them to create the visa for him. So then we traveled, you know, once you're in a country, Mm -hmm. you can travel. So we went to the islands, hung out for three weeks until he could get his passport back. So that's kind of the lay of the land there. I think those are some good examples
1: let's do i we have to do Schengen real quick let's spend two oh, minutes yeah. on Schengen because it's a real popular with that. one shangan's a little bit tricky and it's hard for people to to wrap Can you their heads explain around
0: what the schengen zone is for someone who may not know
1: yeah so schengen is general in general it's a lot of europe it's 26 countries within <laughs> europe
0: very officially a lot of europe a lot of europe
1: yeah there's tw- and i say a lot of europe because not all countries in schengen are in the eu so if, yeah. you, if you're thinking, oh, this is, this is just the EU or anybody that uses the euro, that's, that's not actually true because you've got, what is it, Ireland, UK, they are not part, they're not part of Schengen. They're on their own separate thing, right? So Schengen is on 26 countries within Europe, some of it Central Europe, Western Europe, and a little bit of Eastern Europe, and all of them are under just one broad bucket. So basically, it, it's imagine flying to the United States and going from one state to another. Right. So once you're in, you've started your quote unquote Schengen time. And basically what you get is you get 90 days in Schengen that you could spend over 180 days. Right. So you cannot exceed 90 days in 180 days. And that's our rolling 90 days. All right. So if you every day you go forward, you have to look back and see if you're at 90 days. Right. So basically half your time can be in Schengen. If you go for 90 days, you have to take 90 days completely off and then you can come back again. And something to be aware of is if you exceed that 90 in 180, it's not good. People have done that and it can be it can be very expensive that it's it's pretty frowned upon. <laughs> if you do it, yeah. you want to keep track of your days.
0: Yeah, people. A lot of our friends. So, as you guys know, I'm not. I'm not the Europe fans. This is almost never. If this is ever a problem for me, I'm doing something wrong with my travels because I just don't spend that much time in Europe. But many of our friends love Europe, love the Europe summers, and have to really plan well Mm -hmm. in advance. If you're like, all right, I want to meet my friends in Italy this month, and then. We want to go to france and germany and like i don't know all, all over that sort of area and then you've spent your 90 days and then someone's like hey come to you know this country and you you can't because you've spent those 90 days until that 180 days resets so there's mm-hmm. some countries a lot of people will pop nearby that's why we ended up in romania because you guys had been yep. in spain spending a lot of days there and you wanted to go to italy bulgaria is one of those that people kind of escape the schengen zone but still stay in europe so there's some countries that are outside of it that you can spend i think serbia might be outside of it still Mm -hmm. but just do it like if you're yeah if you're planning to spend time in europe and this like as a nomad do yourself a favor and just google schengen zone and just see like which countries are in it and which countries are out and be mindful how you plan that
1: Cool. Let's spend just a couple minutes. Tell me what you know about digital nomad visas because a lot of people are
0: excited about that. Yeah. Ironically, like I feel like we should know the most in the world about this and we know Nobody I know uses them them, though. No No, one we know uses them. Like Jeff and I have hundreds of digital nomad friends and I don't know a single person who has ever used this because I, I really think honestly This typically applies for more of the expat sort of travel. And that really means like you're kind of trying to move to a country for a year or longer, like one single place and not traveling the way that Jeff and Diego and I and and our nomad kind of community do. But if you are listening to this podcast and you're like, I've had a dream to move somewhere for like a full year or six months or something like that, then you may want to look into what's called a digital nomad visa. So these were kind of new, honestly, starting, I want to say like Mm. 2020 was really when we started popping up. Estonia was one of the first countries to do it. And then a bunch of other ones followed suit because they're like, hey, we can get all these nomads and actually make money Mm -hmm. off of them for letting them stay here for a year instead of kicking them out of our country where they can't spend money anymore. So just, I'm going to give you a couple of really quick examples. If you're interested in a country, there's a, I think right now there's around 44, this changes again, daily, weekly, monthly of, of countries adding to the list, but around for we, we, what we found, there's like 44 countries right now who offer digital nomad visas. So as an example, Mauritius, so I was there for maybe five weeks earlier this year and for them it's 100 percent free to actually you just have to apply in advance to get this but you have to prove that you have a monthly income of over 1500 dollars usd um each month so again they just want to make sure that you have money that you can afford to be in their country live in their country that you're not just like camping on the land mm-hmm. somewhere like you're contributing to their economy is what you'll find so that's an example for there and that's for one full year Portugal, for example, that's a super popular one with nomads who actually end up getting full time residency there. That's a different story, but they do offer what's called a visa for independent workers for one year. It can be renewed twice for additional two years at a time. So you can spend a lot of time in Portugal. That one costs 83 euros, and you also have to pay another like 72 euro fee or something like that. But there's one that's going to give another example of Costa Rica. So theirs is actually. It's a whole lot newer. This is a new one. And I Mm. could see myself using this one day. I love Costa Rica. Mm. But they offer basically, it's called a temporary residency visa. And you just have to prove that you have a monthly income of over $2,500 per month. So basically, as you look at these, actually, I want to give one more example, because some of them charge a fee. So Barbados, that was also one of, I want to say that was probably like the second one one after Estonia to offer this full kind of digital nomad visa. And they charge two thousand dollars usd to get that digital nomad visa so that's how they're making money and then you have to prove that you'll earn fifty thousand dollars usd um like again in your salary and your income in whatever way that is in your 12 month stay so again these go there that
1: bad jeez
0: i know i feel like they're like the first mover so they're like we can do whatever we want Um, And Barbados, the the islands are expensive to live, so I think they really want you to show, like, I can afford to live here for a month. Again, I'm not sleeping on the beach, like, not contributing to the economy. So, again, if you have an interest in staying more than, you know, six months to a year, maybe digital nomad visas are for you. And keep in mind, you might have to pay a fee for it and you might have to prove a certain amount of income. Other than that, if you're traveling more like we are, which is like anywhere from a couple weeks, a month, two months, three months, you're usually able to just arrive as a tourist. Don't say that you were there to work. We didn't tell you that. I'm just saying just you are just there to travel Travel and explore when they ask you at customs. You just want to see their country and all the beautiful things. And you'll probably be able to stay that long. Just check Just check the requirements, do a Google search, ask some people, and sometimes you will see you have to get a visa on arrival or do some things ahead of time. So this may be a confusing episode, and that is because this process honestly is confusing, but I hope that this at least kind of opened your eyes to say, I probably don't need a visa. If I do, it's probably a quick online thing that I can do for a couple months and get it renewed And if not, maybe there's something I need to submit, but this will involve some some Googling as you do it. But I don't I I think the impression that so many people have is like, I need to get a digital nomad visa for every country I want to visit for a month. And that's simply not the case. I would say if you learned anything in this episode, I hope that that became clear.
1: Okay, good. Now give me 60 seconds on how awful Nigeria was.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, do you mean for visas? (laughs) For visas. (laughs) (laughs) It's a different podcast. We're still on visas, please. (laughs) Yeah. So Nigeria was really difficult. You'll find some countries, like Russia is another really difficult one. Mm -hmm. But Nigeria, I probably could have done it a little easier. I wasn't in the States at the time and I wasn't there for a long time. So I could have gone to the Nigerian embassy in the United States if I was home given them my passport, submitted a bunch of things and waited for probably three weeks without, but I wouldn't have my passport, so I couldn't go anywhere else. But I think I was traveling to like Costa Rica or something, so I couldn't do that. So I had to get a business visa and basically I had to do some work with somebody in Nigeria Mm -hmm would sponsor me to be there and meet with them and it was a crazy process of getting this business visa and then like i kept i would email them daily because i i actually booked a flight because you have to book a flight in order to get the visa but they won't give you the it's like the chicken or the egg problem and (laughs) daily i had to to basically email call them and they were like we're working on it we've got it i was like my flight is in four days sir like can you please tell me this will happen (laughs) And really until until about 24 hours before my flight, they were like, oh, okay, you leave tomorrow, no problem. Like, we're going to make sure this happens today. But it was like down to the wire of just like, calling i feel like it was an office of like three people by the time they're like okay marissa's calling again but (laughs) it can be really tricky and again there's there's some countries that can be really difficult to get visas but those aren't generally the ones that most nomads are trying to Mm -hmm. go to if
1: there's any takeaway i'd say most of the countries you're going to start out in are probably just a tour stamp on arrival pretty easy But the main thing is just do your research before you go because it's a moving yeah. target and you, you just yeah. don't know, and we can't give you a good blanket answer. So make yeah. sure you go to a government website. Make sure you get that information on all the things that you need to know before you arrive because you don't want to be sitting on your phone booking a dummy flight on fake <laughs> tickets. com. You <laughs> don't want to be doing that stuff. A few
0: weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> like, yeah. See, like, it, happen- a it still <laughs> yeah. happens to
1: me. I still forget to book the return flight. Um, (laughs) if you guys have any questions about specific locations odds are we can probably help you send us a note hello at beachcommute.com Marissa is there anything else? this episode.
0: Yeah, those are that's really the main stuff. As always, check out beachcommute.com slash 91. If you are hearing this and you're like, this is great, but I don't even have a job I can do remotely. I wanna be a nomad. That'll give you a list of 91 jobs that actual digital nomads in our community are doing so you can get some inspiration and we will help you get a job. But anything else on your end, Jeff?
1: Actually, Marissa, I used that list last week. My girlfriend in Columbia, we used that list we went to one of the websites that you have listed in your course, and we got an interview for next week, within two weeks. So,
0: wait, I have so many questions. One, you've never said the word girlfriend before. <laughs> check that out. I'm gonna embarrass you. It, with this this might be a
1: separate podcast. <laughs> I don't know, Marissa. We're at 40 minutes, and we're late yeah. for a meeting. <laughs>
0: All right, that's a hint for someone else. But wait, tell me what you mean. What, does she got a job through, by looking at her list? Interview.
1: We got an interview. We're, oh, we're yeah. on interview. It's okay, started on Monday, went through the list, went and checked out all of... She's a veterinarian, retired after 10 years, and wanted to get an online job. She says, oh, there's no way I can I can get an online job. I said, I bet we could find you an interview within one week for a job that pays double online. And so <laughs> I was just like, okay, let me refresh myself with the course. Went through the list of all the links, all the different job boards that we go through, and just like yeah. hammered through it, just did the work, put in everything, and, and looked at everything that applied to her skill set because all of those websites that you list in the course are really easy for filtering based on your your skill set, based on what you're looking for, where you're located, if they hire within the US or out of the US, that kind of stuff. Got off about five to ten applications and there's an interview coming next Tuesday. So this stuff oh my gosh, does work. I love exact this. exact same situation of a veterinarian is that an online skill set no but you can find something that even pays more and you can get an interview for it so
0: this is the best plug ever, but I love it. So for those listening, Jeff is talking about our Go Remote Employment course, which we you know, obviously he has access to and helping his girlfriend out. But if you're interested, so the 91 jobs is a list for inspiration. But if you were like ready to get a job and like you are in it to win it, you're ready to travel to all these places we just talked about, check out beachcommute.com slash G R E that stands for go remote employment. And we'll put this in the notes as well. But inside the course, as Jeff just said, like again, it takes you from having no idea how to get a remote job to figure out exactly what to do, where to find the jobs, how to apply, how to interview, how to get it, all the things. So We're going to have to interview her once she gets the job. She'll have to be a guest on the podcast. and (laughs) That would be amazing. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Walking walking through step one of becoming a digital nomad all the way to becoming a digital nomad. We'll we'll get the whole arc. Oh,
0: yes. I love it. Beautiful. Well, on that note, that's an amazing note to go out on. On that note, we hope you all have a wonderful day.
1: Little plug for ourselves. We'll see you next time. Thanks for coming. (laughs) Bye-bye.